Let's create a better world. And today we're going to give you some answers as to what we can do to make this a better world. We're going to talk about the change that's coming around now. I have a great guest on today. Again, I'm Bobby Elias, and the name of this show is Let's Create a Better World. And today is October the 1st. Our show today is going to be about what I just mentioned. And um, we've got a lot of things to say, so I'll have the guest on in two minutes or so. I just want to make a few announcements. First of all, uh, the show that we're going to have next week is going to be, or next month, I should say. We're on once a month now, by the way, and we're just on the archives, telephone and online archives, and our guest on November, for the whole month of November is going to be Vicki Gay. She's a great, been a light worker, a medium, and her predictions have been outstanding. She's been named number one by a number of sources, and she'll be on to talk about what's going on in the world, her predictions for now, for the coming year, and she is on, on target. She's excellent. That's Vicki Gay for the month of November, so be sure to tune in for that show. All right. Um, our guest today will be Ellie Lax. We're going to talk about her story, about how she got started. We're going to talk about how the world is changing. You see the women's movements. You see so many things going on online and so forth. And then we're going to talk about solutions for the world, what we think, how the world can change, how it could be a better place. All right. Then also um, the archive number. Here's how you can call to hear the shows. And on the telephone archives, for example, the last five shows we've done usually, sometimes they're out of, out of place a little bit, but starting um, this month you can get five different shows on radio, uh, I mean on, on telephone. Here's the number to call to hear those shows 24 hours a day. Area, 701-719-0994. I'll repeat that at the end of the show. Archive number for the uh, online would be let's create a better world dot podbean. That's P is in Paul, O is in Oscar, D is in David, bean, like the bean you eat, dot com. There, there it is. Okay, so... Uh, on the archives that you once you listen there you have five shows. Uh, the number one on the number one line will be the show we did in September, which is about stem cells. Great, great show about the new things happening in stem cells, how this can change the whole medical industry. On uh, number two line, I think it should be Luann Panessi talking about plant based diet, exercise, and the power of the mind. Everything you need to know about staying healthy and living longer. That's Luann Panessi. Um, that's the show we did in July. All right, we're ready for our show. Ellie Lax is on right now. Hi, Ellie. How are you doing? Hi, Ellie. Are you there? I'm good. How are you? 
Good, good. Great. Wait, let me introduce you there real quickly. And I'm doing great, thank you, especially having you today on this show. I really love Ellie because she's a, a person full of love. Ellie has a place called The Gentle Barn in Santa Clarita, California, which is about 50 miles north of Los Angeles. And she takes in animals that other people don't want, people that are animals that are injured, hurt, emotionally distraught, completely really bad off. And she heals them. She's got over 200 animals there now. And I've seen her number grow and grow. I've been to the place. It's, it's a wonderful place full of love, especially starting with Ellie and her staff. And the animals return love. It's, that's a beautiful place. It's one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. And Ellie is just dedicated since she was a child. I would like her to tell her story about how she grew up as a young child. And Ellie, we, we want to take seven or eight minutes on each of these three subjects, and then we can hit them back again at the very end. So if you could tell your story about how you got started, please. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Um, well, when I was a kid, first of all, I was born obsessed with animals. I wanted to be out in nature. I wanted to spend time with animals. And I saw all animals as our witnesses, our teachers, our healers, and my best friends. And I thought everyone thought that way. Growing up, um, I realized that my siblings, my family, my community, my friends did not see animals the same way that I did. And it was puzzling to me. I couldn't understand why they couldn't see animals the way that I saw them. And so that was disturbing. Um, and I would say when I was seven years old, I would say to my parents, when I grow up, I'll have a huge place full of animals and I'll show the world how beautiful they are. And then when I grew older, there was another incident in my school when I was 11 years old where there was a chicken in my school and she was in a cat carrier in the corner of the auditorium. All the kids were running around playing and being really loud. And it was clear to me that this chicken was terrified in her crate. No one else in that auditorium, not Adults, parents, children, teachers, nobody identified with the fear and loneliness of that chicken except for me. So I went up to her. I pulled her out of the crate. I held her in my arms, and I told her that she was okay, that she was not alone. I told her not to be afraid, that I was there with her. And she started settling down into my arms, and she stopped shaking. And I was petting her feathers and kissing her head. And the principal came in and said, you know, don't pet the chicken. She's got to go to the slaughterhouse. And she ripped her out of my arms and she ran away with her. And that was the second experience where here I was seeing an animal for the living being just like me with the same feelings, um, same, you know, deserving of the same rights and freedoms and love and affections that anyone else had. And yet no one could see that but me. And I felt alone and I felt frustrated and I felt puzzled that the world around me did not have the same empathy that I did, and I didn't understand it. <clears throat> well, I held on to this dream of mine since I was seven to have a big place full of animals and show the world how beautiful they were. But I didn't know how to start, so I was busy procrastinating. And um, about 19 years ago, I ran into a petting zoo that was full of suffering animals. And again, that exact same thing happened where the petting zoo was full of people the animals were suffering, crippled, decrepit, old, thirsty. There's a whole slew of problems going on. And yet, the petting zoo was full of people. And they were smiling, and they were laughing and holding hands, and they were posing their kids in front of these dilapidated animals, taking pictures. And not one person at that petting zoo could see the suffering right in front of them. 
And there I was again, being the only one that could see their overgrown toenails and the lack of water, even though it was 110 degrees, and the suffering of the ponies going round and round in circles in the heat with no water and no break for hours. And I just didn't understand it. Why couldn't people see suffering? And why couldn't people see beyond their own enjoyment and pleasure to someone else and their experience? Um, and so I think that is what I'm trying to do through the general barn. I'm trying to share the animal stories that we rescue, share what, they, what they're going through out in the world, share their recovery and their resilience and their intelligence and their affection, and through the interaction and the stories of the animals, help to open up people's hearts and open up their eyes and open up their minds to the beauty and magic and wonder of animals and the fact that we're all the same, we just look different. That's wonderful. Wow. You know, for our listeners to know, Ellie, once a year, has a big get event for one day at an inner city place in Los Angeles where poor children, mostly black and Latino, come there to eat, come there to each get a present and learn about what's going on. But I, I want you, to, Ellie, if you could please tell the quick story about the young man, young boy that came and he didn't believe in some of the things you were talking about and you explained to him what was going on. You know that you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, I'm not sure. Can you say a little bit more about it? You, you, you were doing a session with the children and helping them. And this one boy didn't believe in what you were saying, and he thought he didn't think it was real or anything. And then you explained to him about the animals, about the love, and about uh, how it's important. Because some kids in the inner city, as you know, don't have a lot of love in their lives. And uh, do you remember what I'm? If, if you don't remember, that's quite all right. But just give any yeah. more. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, we work with the Los Angeles Police Department PALS program, and they identify kids that are tremendously at risk from the inner city, and they bring them out to the gentle barn. I mean, well, we've been working with them now for, God, I think it's been nine years. Um, and I remember many years ago, one of the first groups of children that came out from South Central Los Angeles um, hardened way older than they were supposed to be. They grew up fast. They lived without so many of the things that we take for granted. And we started the session by asking the children um, what word describes who they are and what their dreams are to kind of get an idea of what the kids think about themselves in the world, to know, you know, what ideas we have to change or what ideas are supporting their futures. Um, and then we took them around to hug the cows and cuddle the turkeys and give the pigs tummy rubs and feed the horses practice gentleness and kindness, and also practice confidence. And we ended the group at the wishing well, where each child got to close their eyes, put their hands on the magic rocks of the wishing well, and make a wish for their future so that every time the kids come out to the gentle barn, we're always cultivating hope for the future. Um, these kids live without so much, but if they can at least cultivate hope for the future, then they can design beautiful lives no matter where they're, where they're at now. But if they have no hope for the future, then most likely they'll stay stuck in the same situations that they are in now. Um, and one of the kids, when we were about to make our wish, looked at me and said, wishes don't come true. And I said, oh, but they do. And I reminded him that the gentle barn was my wish since I was seven years old. And yeah, it took a lot of time and it took a lot of planning and problem solving. But here I am able to live my dream every single day. So when we don't give up, dreams can come true. 
And he kind of argued against that for a while. And you can imagine what kind of life he's had to only at the age of, I think, nine, he's already arrived at the conclusion that dreams don't come true. Um, But I told him about my life and about how my dreams came true. And he softened and he stopped arguing and he put his hands on the magic rocks of the wishing well and he closed his eyes and he made a wish for the first time in his life without fear of being disappointed, but with hope that maybe even after a while it could possibly come true. And he held on to the wishing well and held his eyes closed for several minutes. And uh, that was the beginning of a wonderful life for him because no matter what we're living through and no matter what our circumstances are, if we can just have hope for the future, we can get through anything. And that's what we help that boy do. That's a beautiful story. And you helped a lot of other children. Children come to your place from poor areas to see that they learn. Tell us about how briefly how the interaction with animals helps the children regarding love and understanding the animals. You know, like I said, we work with kids that have been through enormous struggle in their lives, and um, and they do without so many of the things that we all take for granted. And so they're hardened. Um, they grow up fast. They're kind of on the defensive. They're in survival mode. And so that doesn't allow them to relax much. Um, it also puts them in a state of believing that they're alone against the world, that nobody else understands what they're going through, and it's just them with their unique set of circumstances. And I think right. coming to the gentle barn and meeting animals that have their same stories, um, all of a sudden they understand that there's other beings in the world that have suffered their same pain, that they're not alone, and that, that someone in the world understands what they're going through because they've gone through it too. And that alone opens them up and gives them so much hope, knowing that they're not alone. And then when they see the animals and they hear about their recovery and they hear about now they have friends and now they have family and now they trust people and now they're not angry anymore, it serves as motivation for these kids to know that they can get through their trauma and their stories as well and end up with very happy lives. Um, Also, you know, these kids are very hardened, defensive, angry, and they act out of their ang- they act out their anger on others. So you know, very quickly within I would say between the ages of nine and thirteen, somewhere in there, they turn from victims of abuse to perpetrators of abuse because that anger has to go right. somewhere. The abuse and yep. the trauma that they've gone through has to go somewhere. And so when they hit teenagehood, they start perpetrating what they've gone through onto others, and many many times it's onto animals. So at the Gentle Barn, they get to come here. They get to identify who they're really angry at. They get to apologize to animals if they've abused them in the past. And they get to understand that they're the same as the animals. And they learn to, instead of abuse them, they learn to protect them um, as if, like, they would have wanted to be protected themselves. So it unites them with the innocent. And it unites them with weaker children or weaker animals that might be around them. And instead of wanting to perpetrate against them, they turn into protectors instead of abusers. And so we stop that cycle of abuse at the gentle barn, which is very powerful. And you do a great job, Ellie. I've been there. I've seen your staff. They're all full of love, just like you. And the animals, in turn, are full of love. When I walked away, when I was the last over there, I was walking away, and these three uh, donkeys ran towards me. 
and I put my hand on. I, I could tell they were friendly, and they were licking my hand, and they were looking at me. So I pet them, all three of them, and they were giving me love. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, it, your place is so full of love; it's just incredible. And and you're full of love, and so I commend you for that. Anyway, let's move on uh, to the next thing to change. But I just want to say something else about animals. It, it, many like dog fights. They have a, a lot of people are being arrested because they're doing dog fights. And I know in the outer cities of Los Angeles and Mexico and other places, uh, people get these two dogs and they, they bet on who's going to win. And the dogs fight to the death. One, one of them finally dies. And these are great, great. These are just, this is what they teach them. Uh, and this is really, really bad. Also, I noticed that in Halloween, uh, kids do damage to animals, especially cats and other animals. And just a matter of hate. I was in Mexico City one time, and I was walking down the street, and these kids were burning, trying to burn the tail of a dog. And I, oh. I ran over and saved the dog. And I, I told the kids, why are you doing this? This, animal, this dog doesn't do anything to you. So I'm in your corner, uh, Ellie. So, so for our listeners, this is Ellie Lack. She runs the Gentle, Gentle Barn. Today we did, had another guest, uh, Veronica Gabriel, that couldn't make it. But this is all right because Ellie's going to get the whole hour, and I'll give a whole hour to the other guests to talk about change and what's going on in the world and solutions and uh, some really great stories. So um, the next thing I want to talk about is change. Let me say a couple things about it, and then you can go more in depth on it, Ellie. Uh, change is happening in this country, in this world. It's happening very, very fast. Our other guests that didn't show up today, they gave me a full rundown on how and why she's seen so many things changing for the better. Yes, there's still a lot of ugly things going on. There's violence, there's greed, there's hate. There's, um, but things are changing. Look at the women's movement. Look at how women have uh, fought back against sexual abuse. Look at how groups are uh, joined up. Look at how all over the world this, is, this information is going online and how women in other countries are standing up to men, are standing up to all the bad things that have been happening to them. This is great. That's just one little form of change. But change is – I'd like you to go more in-depth on – what you see as how change is happening in this country because we've had so many bad things going on. Your turn. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is a really exciting time to be alive because, like you said, there is so much change, wonderful, wonderful change. I mean, this is the informational age. So even young children have the truth right in front of them. They're starting to learn what's happening to animals. They're starting to learn what's happening to other people. Um, Tolerance is something that is common in the children of our day and age where they automatically accept if someone's, you know, has a different sexual preference or a different skin color or a different religion. It's starting to become the norm that we know that we are all so different but yet inherently the same in our hearts. Um, you know, and as far as the animal rights movement, I mean, we've got vegan restaurants and we've got vegan products and there is just so much change for the good because and i and i think it's because i think we're starting to realize how powerful we are as individuals um i think there was a time in our culture where we kind of gave our power over to government and authority we kind of followed along and did what we were told that we were surrounded by the industrial revolution and technology and its invest in, in advancements, and we kind of were little cogs within that big, huge machine, and I think we just kind of followed along, and I think that now, in modern times, 
We are realizing that as individuals, we have a voice, that we can find out issues and become part of the solution. And there are more and more people waking up to a vegan diet. There are more and more people voting or becoming part of marches or sit-ins or even discussions among young people about the problems of today's day and age. We are fully conscious, we are fully awake, and we're realizing that each and every single one of us plays a part in the solution and the evolution of our species. And so it is a very exciting time to be alive because things are changing so yes. quickly. I went vegan 20 years ago, and people didn't even know, you know what that term meant, really. And now there's Beyond Meat and Del Taco, and there's vegan restaurants, and there's vegan children, and there's parents supporting them. And it's just becoming easier and easier and easier to be gentle, to be kind, to be environmentally friendly, to take our health into our own hands. And each of us is waking up. And every person that wakes up and takes the power back into our own hands and realizes that when we buy things, when we go somewhere, when we pay money, we're voting for what we believe in. We are bending the will of big business to be more environmentally friendly, to promote health and wellness instead of destroying people's bodies, and to be kind and compassionate and cruelty-free to animals. And so we're doing that with our own dollars when we're purchasing things. And so people are really becoming savvy of our own power and how we can be part of the solution. And the solution is coming, and it's coming fast, and it's very exciting. Very, very exciting is right. You know, you and I attended a big uh, – we've gone the last few years. I've seen you at a, the biggest trade show in the world for health, uh, and it's growing like mad. There's another case where I've seen so many things such as health, such as uh, the women's movement, such as uh, – uh, health shows such as um, the vegan movement, the animal rights movement, the uh, against the war movement, all the movements are growing fast. And uh, yes, the the powers to be, the uh, the corporations and the big money people, some of them that don't like people like you and me, are are still in power and still doing all their damage, all their hate and greed and and violence. Yet people like us, there are more and more people like us, Ellie. We're we're all over the place. <laughs> online and like you said the protest movements the the gatherings of people doing all these great things change is, is here it, it's coming it's moving fast and i'm going to have another show on change with my i guess it couldn't be here today uh veronica gabriel and we're going to do that again in, in a few months our, our show is on once a month i am bobby elias this is let's create a better world and our guest today who you're here speaking with me is ellie lax it runs the gentle barn uh, the most beautiful animal sanctuary you could find where animals that she takes in that no other people will take in and the place is just full of love and i i just i got to get over there ellie i haven't been there for a while and and i we want to go there and visit you and i'm going to call you ahead of time and and arrange a good time that we can be there with and i'll bring one or two people that work with me because they're anxious to do this also we just haven't got around to it but anyway let's move on to our next subject which is the world the the state of the world the problems that we have in the world and how, what, what are some of the answers? I know you and I agree on one major answer, but say, say that for a few minutes from now. And just give our listeners an overview of, of how some of the bad things going on and, and, and how uh, this world is changing and how uh, these problems that we have in the world and some of the things that we can do to offset them and to make this a, a better change. 
with the, the things that we, we, you and I believe in. So go right ahead on that, please. Yeah, sure. I mean, I started the show talking about how as a small child, I noticed that I saw pain and suffering. I saw I had empathy. I saw the beauty and the intelligence of animals. And I noticed that I was surrounded by people who couldn't see um, pain and suffering and couldn't see the beauty of animals. And I think that that is the same problem that's going on today. I mean, there's lots of different specific details of different problems that I can go into. But if you look at each problem, really, the big umbrella for it is it's people not caring. It's people not having empathy. It's people not seeing beyond their own fun experience to someone else's painful experience. And so it's really just the same thing, but in big industry and, and, and big civilizations. Um, and so the same thing that I craved as a child for other people to see the things that I was seeing is the same thing that I crave for now worldwide. It's, again, this doesn't have to be a world where we're competing and stepping on someone and exploiting someone else and enslaving someone else to thrive. This needs to change into a culture where we lift each other up and work together and love each other not compete against each other. And that's human to human for sure, but it's also human to other species. Um, I don't think there should be any living being on this planet that isn't loved, appreciated, seen for who they are, and that we can all thrive together. And so if we can try to embrace that paradigm that we're all sharing this planet together, and so how can we support each other? How can we be kind to others? How can we do things for ourselves that do not harm anyone else? You know, do no harm with what we eat. Do no harm with what we buy. Do no harm with what we, where we go. And if that becomes the value that is instilled in our children, in our families, in our communities, then it will become the value instilled in our government and in big business. And we can very easily become a nation of people whose core value is to do no harm and to love others. But it has to happen on the individual level first. And so it's really up to me and you and every single individual to decide on a daily basis where they live, where they go, what they buy, what they eat, how can we incorporate gentleness into it? How can we eat gently? How can we shop gently? Where do I go that will cause no harm? And when we instill that value into ourselves as individuals and then from our individuals to our children and our families and our communities, that's when everything changes to be a culture of love and peace and gentleness. And we can get there, but it happens with me and you. Beautifully well said. This is Ellie Lack speaking on our show, Let's Create a Better World, uh, about love and about change and about the state of the world. Ellie runs the great, great um, gentle barn, uh, a barn in Santa Clarita, 50 miles north of uh, Los Angeles. It, she takes in animals that nobody else wants. And uh, in a few minutes when we have more time, I want to also go into the rehab that you do for these animals that I've never seen another place do. You have an immense amount of equipment. But hold, let's hold on that for a while. I want to say something about what you said about love and about um, – let me say – there's a gentleman that I, I used to be friends with. I worked with him on health products 30 years ago, Dick Gregory. He's well-known as a civil rights guy, a comedian, and he's really into the whole thing of, uh, of what's going on in the world. Dick uh, Gregory was a great, great guy. He passed away a few years ago. Here's what he said about the state of the world and about who's controlling it and what might happen. 
And there are other people that believe this too, and I disagree with it, but here's what Dick Gregory said. He said the people in power, the big corporations, the money people, they have total control of this world, and it's, it's going to be almost impossible to change them or to change the world. They have control, and we're in for a, an ugly world because there's not much we can do fighting all that money and not the power that they have. And I do disagree with that, but there are some people that LA that think that way. They think that, uh, but I see, like, like you, I see these groups that are, and more and more online and more and more people all over the world are understanding progressive issues. They're understanding how we can really take over the world, how we can, and like the answer you gave, love, I can't, I can't tell you how much I agree with you on if we could only teach love to more people, if more, and it's going to happen, Ellie, it's going to happen online and it's going to happen with groups. Groups are going to come together more and more. I'm seeing a little bit of it now where people are going to come together on and start groups, start corporations, start moving in a direction of let's make this a better world. Let's do this and let's do that. A lot of different things they're going to do. I see it. I really feel it. So um, your thoughts on that and more on how we can really get love all over the world because what Dick Gregory said was he made a good point, and it's hard. It, you know, it makes me think maybe he's right. I don't think so. I think we're going to overtake it, but it may take a while. I've talked to people that make predictions, and they feel it may be 10, 20 years from now, but right now we're starting. It's happening little by little. It's going to be in full focus and a higher element in 10, 15 years from now. But your, more of your thoughts on love. Yeah, Bobby, I don't agree with Dick Gregory at all, and I'll tell you why. I think that our politicians, our government, our big business, I think that they're only reflections of us um, and what we've been willing to tolerate up until now. We've been willing to tolerate them tearing down the rainforest, and we've been willing to tolerate them torturing and killing animals on our behalf. We've been willing to tolerate taking their pills knowing that it gets us sick. We've been willing to tolerate the increased heart disease and cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, and all the diseases that we live and a lot of people in our society think that's normal to be sick. They think that it's normal that by the time you're 50 years old, you're going to be on medication and you're going to have face illness. We have been willing to accept all of those things. We've been willing to accept um, the government and big business's idea of what food is. It's not food. It's another living being. Um, we've been willing to tolerate it. We've been willing to accept it. And I think that big business and government are only reflections of ourselves. So when we start waking up and realize that animals are not food, when we start waking up and realize that forests should not be destroyed, when we wake up and start realizing that our household products and our body products should not hurt the environment or animals, once we start standing up for peace and gentleness, our government and our big business will too. Um, and we vote with our dollars as well as vote in the election day for our um, elected officials. It's, they're both ballots. We're, every time we go to the store and we buy stuff, we're casting a ballot for gentleness or grieving harm. And the same way with our government officials. Um, we cast our ballot. We vote for people who reflect our values. And so, right. you know, this is a very small example, but when we're raising small children and we let them step on bugs or we let them chase birds at the beach or birds at the park or we let them be cruel to other children in the schools, that's where it starts. And from there, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it hits big business and it hits government. And then we act surprised that that's our big business and that's our government. But it starts with us. 
So when we instill values of peace and gentleness in ourselves, when we buy things, when we eat things, when we go places, when we instill that gentleness and reverence for our children to not stamp on a flower and not step on bugs and be gentle and thoughtful to those around them, it starts there, and then all of a sudden, we have big business that has reverence for Mother Earth and compassion for other animals and infusing our bodies with health, and we have government that upholds those same values. So again, it all comes back to who we are because the big business around us is a reflection of us. So it always has to start with us, which is why I have so much hope because there are so many people adopting this loving, gentle values in themselves, their right. children, and their families. And so it's only a matter of time before our government and big business starts reflecting our gentle values. And the reason I have so much hope is because of the gentle barn we're open to the public every Sunday from 10 to 2. And we see the children that are coming into our establishment, these beautiful children who at the age of two just inherently on their own will not eat meat or who at the age of five are so gentle and sitting there hugging the cows and having these beautiful relationships with animals, not focused on our differences, but focused on our similarities. And these beautiful families that come in who love each other and respect each other, and they're instilling gentleness and kindness in their children. They come in by the hundreds on Sundays. And so that's what gives me hope. These beautiful young people that are coming in to literally save our planet, who know what's right and wrong, and who stand for love. So and and children are coming in with those values, but we can make those values our own whenever we're ready, whenever we decide to. Absolutely, and it's happening, Ellie. Uh, for our listeners, this is Ellie Lack speaking, and uh, what you're saying about the love that the children, what you're doing at your at your the gentle barn with animals, people people can see that there's a lot of love over there, and this we need to have the world taste more of this overall love for each other, love for the planet, love for what's going on, love for change. Like you said a while ago, and I want to touch on it, the medical industry is people are going along with it. And it's really only in the United States where it's so bad. There are other countries where they have free health service for the whole world, for the whole country, including cancer. And uh, there's so many things going on. And the control in this country is really, really bad by the, the big money people, the corporations, the politicians. I mean, the political system, and by the way, that is changing. Look what happened to Bernie Sanders, and, and there's uh, the peace and the, the, the Green Party's coming in faster. People are getting into more progressive ways of doing things, even politically. Uh, you just go on and on. You can see it. The medical industry is changing. The pharmaceutical industry is going down little by little. It will go down because people are seeing that a bunch of synthetic pills aren't going to make you well. When instead of, like, like um, Hippocrates said, um, food, medicine, food is our medicine. Now, and Jack yes. Lane used to say, don't eat anything unless it comes from a tree or the ground. These are yes. true facts about health, and, and this, has, this is changing. People are learning all these things. So more and more, and I'll give some credit to the Internet. I know there's some bad things to, on the Internet, but there's some good too. And uh, I really see change coming, just like you said, Ellie. It's coming, and I want to continue on this subject with some more, more of your thoughts. We have time now, and that's why I wanted to save the most time for this particular subject about how we can change this world and how things are changing for the better. Uh, and and I, I really believe in this, and, and I want more of your thoughts on this. Go ahead, Ellie. 
Yeah, I mean, like I've said, it starts with us, right? So if it starts with us, um, it is it is not okay anymore for any of us to sit on the sidelines and think, well, they're going to fix it or they're going to resolve it or, yeah, I'm just going to wait till there are better laws that are passed that are going to fix the problem. Um, we really can't afford to do that anymore. Every single one of us has to be part of the solution. So how do we do that? Well, it's time for us to kind of open our eyes and look at what problems catch our attention and what solutions we want to be part of. But then we need to do something. We can't just sit idly by and let others fix it for us. We have to be involved. So, you know, go on a march or write an email to an elected official or make a phone call or donate to a cause to support others um, to make change on your behalf. Speak to your friends and empower your friends. But at the no matter what we do, no matter what our interests are, no matter what our causes are, whether it's you know environmental issues, whether it's health issues, whether it's animal issues, whether it's starving children issues, first of all, all every single one of those issues all go back to the solution being a plant-based diet. Because with a plant-based diet, we heal the planet, we heal our bodies. We heal, there's enough food for everyone so there's no starvation, and we end animal suffering. So that's the greatest, most impactful, most effective, most powerful thing that any of us can do as individuals to impact change on a really, really big way. Um, when we adopt a plant-based diet, we save 1,100 gallons of water every single day. When we adopt right. a plant-based diet, we save an acre of trees every single day. Um, when we adopt a plant-based diet, we save 200 animals every year. So, I mean, it's the most impactful thing that we can possibly do for any of the causes that we believe in. So that's number one. But number two is we just cannot afford to sit idly by and think that someone else is going to fix it. Every single one of us needs to get involved. Get involved in the causes that, you know, go clean up a beach or pick up trash or volunteer in an animal sanctuary to help animals or volunteer in a foster home to help children that don't have families. But get involved. Do something. Give back. We are a nation that has so much privilege, and we are surrounded by animals and children and people that have so little. And if those of us that are privileged – Vote with their dollars for kindness. Vote in the election process for government that is going to uphold our ethics. Spend money donating for organizations to do good work or go and volunteer to be manpower. Every single one of us can make such a big impact in our communities when we get involved. It is time for every single one of us to be part of the solution. We cannot wait for someone else to do it. We have to stand up. We have to speak loudly. And we have to participate in our own beautiful world and making it what it really can be. And every single one of us plays a part. And, and Ellie, it's happening little by little, as we, as we said earlier. Um, I'd like to change the subject a little bit, unless you want to continue on this. But the, your general barn, you have the one in Santa Clarita, California. You, have, you started one in Missouri, I believe it is. And you have plans and ideas to try to have one in as many or all the states in this country. Tell us your, your dream, your plan, your idea. Take your time about putting in more places where you could, they take in animals, animal sanctuaries. Please. Yes, we have a general barn location in Santa Clarita, California, which is 30 minutes north of Los Angeles. We have a general barn in Nashville, Tennessee, and in St. Louis, Missouri. 
And our goal is to have a general barn in every state. Um, my goal is to have a general barn in every state so that everyone in America can hug cows, cuddle turkeys, give pigs tummy rubs, look in the eyes of these animals and know that we're all the same. Yeah, we look different, we sound different, we act different, but in our hearts, we are all the same, deserving of the same love, the same freedoms, the same gentleness, and the same rights as the other. Um, and through that connection, I'm planning to raise a whole next generation with that, con- with that connection to animals and connection to nature and connection to the love inside themselves. And in one generation, we can raise the future generation to have reverence for Mother Earth and compassion for animals and kindness for other human beings. Um, we have had a culture and families and children raised up until now with the concepts of greed and success and money and power, and it has destroyed everything around it. And so it is now time to raise up our future generation with the ethics of love and kindness and gentleness and thoughtfulness and reverence. And um, so that's my goal is to have gentle barns in every state so that we can get in front of every child so that we can raise them to have that empathy and that reverence and that kindness and compassion so that in one generation you can have a whole group of people that will care about Mother Earth and care about animals and care about each other. And then we can have peace on this planet. Good. This is great. Uh, Ellie Lax is on, on the line with us. This is Bobby Elias from Let's Create a Better World. Um, nature, you mentioned nature. There is so much... They're like these children that live in poverty areas, and like you mentioned, South Central LA, and I know in New York City, there's, there's nothing but concrete everywhere, and the kids never go anywhere but a few blocks from where they live, period. And there's nothing but hate, there's gangs, there's uh, drugs, there's nothing but bad things in these places. They don't, they haven't get a, a chance to see this. How many cities have real good parks that are close by to people that need to see a park? When I go to the park, I sit down there. And, and I watch the squirrels and, and the, the birds, and the and I, I listen to the birds when it, in the evening. They're, they're chirping. This is nature. This is real life. This is real earth, Mother Earth. And we need to have more of that. We need to – but here's my idea, Ellie. I think you'll like this idea. I'd love to come to meet you when, when we do come there to visit you. I'm going to take a few minutes, if not there, at least on the phone, to talk to you. And maybe you have one or two other people that love your like your ideas about – extending out love through the animal sanctuaries, doing the gentle barn, putting the gentle barn in, in every state in this country. That's a big job, but it can be done. All your dreams have come true. This is your latest dream, and I, I want to help you do that in any way I can with this radio show, other outlets of media. And there's, I'd like to sit with you at least, and it, maybe one or, one or two other people that you deem good. I could bring, bring one person myself, and we could have a roundtable talk, or we could do it on the phone and talk about how and what we can do to teach people that there's a lot of love in animals and that animals need to be taken care of. They're beautiful people. Personally, Ellie, I get along with animals far better than I do people. Animals don't hold a grudge. You could spank a dog or lecture the dog, and two minutes later, the dog's licking you and is happy and full of love for you. That that doesn't happen with human beings. (laughs) So uh, more thoughts along those lines, Ellie, as we've got another five minutes or so to wrap up the show. But some more of your thoughts on, on what I just said. Well, yeah, Bobby, I would love to talk to you more about how we can do that. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people 
kind of ask the question, why are animals so healing and why are they so loving and why are they so good for the soul? And a lot of people think that it's because they love us. But the, my theory is it's because they bring out the love inside of us. It's not because they're loving us. It's because when we're with them, we feel loving, which means we feel worthy, which means we feel connected to who we are, which means we, we feel connected to who we are supposed to be. So we feel our very best selves when we're with animals and we feel that love inside of ourselves emanating out. And, um, you know, it's so easy to do with animals, but when you try to cultivate that same unconditional love emanating out to people, even if they don't have your same views, um, if we can all find that way to just be unconditionally loving and have that emanating out from us, uh, what a better world it could be. Um, and I, I really do look for, and I agree with you, Bobby. I agree with you that we've covered nature up in concrete. We've removed animals from our neighborhoods. We live in this very loud, distracting, kind of high-tech world where there's information coming to us at all sides, from the television and the radio and emails and text yes. messages and phone and people talking and billboards and advertisements. There's just information accosting us everywhere we go. So we don't have moments of quiet to get centered and remember who we are. We don't have moments of quiet to get centered and remember what gifts we've come here to share with the world. We forget who we are, and we get distracted with all the demands that are in front of us. And we forget to live our dreams, and we forget to bring our gifts to the world, and we forget to live connected with love and connected with nature. And I think these are things that our predecessors took for granted because when you live in the woods with the trees or among the animals or along the shores of lakes and oceans, you're always connected to that nature that keeps us centered to the love and the purpose inside of us. But when you cover nature up in concrete and remove the animals from the neighborhoods and cut down the trees, and now you're living in noise, violence, and concrete, we forget our connections to ourselves. And then, of course, as we grow, we have a world that is destroying the environment and we have bodies that are ill and we have animals that are suffering. Of course, because we've lost our connection to everything decent and good. So that is exactly why I'm trying to open gentle barns in every state so that everyone can come back and get reconnected to our connections to nature and animals and trees and the forests and the rivers and the oceans and the animals and the creatures of all different shapes and sizes. Because when we connect back to that, we connect back to ourselves. And when we're connected back to ourselves, it is easy to love. And it is easy to live on purpose and fulfill our destinies. And it is easy to lift others up. That's so beautifully said. That What you just said in the last minute or two is uh, what we need to do more of. We need more nature, more people seeing all these good things and learning about it. And it's happening, Ellie, as we said earlier, and how gradually the political system, the women's movement, the, the health industry. Uh, let me give you an example of, uh, and you and I have talked about this, I think, how um, the, the, the vegan movement, let's talk about that for a couple of minutes, the, the animal rights movement. But people are learning and people are getting away from meat, getting realizing that meat and, and killing animals is suffering but also it's very bad for the climate change the issues that are going on. And the, a plant-based diet is what we need more of. We need more vegetables, more fruits. We talked about that earlier. 
I wanted some more thoughts from you on the vegan movement, the organic movement, how it's beginning to change, how more people are getting into it, and just your overall thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's a really exciting time to be alive, and I think absolutely vegan is the new future. Um, you know, obviously there's environmental issues, and so there's environmental groups and people who want to identify with being environmentally aware, and maybe they install solar panels or drive electric cars, and that that does just a tiny fraction for the environment, what a plant-based diet does. A plant-based diet is the very thing that will protect the environment and that will protect animals and will protect our health. And so, um, you know, I remember 30 years ago, there was like one woman in our entire community that had cancer and it was like this huge, big tragedy. And now just 40 years later, I mean, who doesn't know Someone with cancer, you know, who who isn't affected by that? It's become the norm. Cancer, heart disease has become the norm. And I don't think it has to be our norm. Um, and people are starting to realize that, that pills are not going to heal, that the garden heals, that plant-based diets heal. People have cured cancer left and right with a vegan diet. I've witnessed it myself with people that I know personally. Um, so as far as health... I think that people are getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think more right. and more people are waking up to a plant-based diet. More and more physicians are recommending a plant-based diet. Um, and I think people are healing that way and shining the example of what health can look like and what an easy life can look like. So that's really, really exciting. Um, and, and, and there's just so many vegan options. I mean, it's really becoming the popular thing among celebrities, among chic restaurants. Um, right. it's, it's totally mainstream now. There's vegan food in Walmart and Target and Ralph's and Bonds. It's gone mainstream, and it's going to get bigger and bigger as more and more people wake up to the benefits of it and start buying more of it. And it's really exciting. I just heard that the dairy industry has invested more money this year on plant-based milks than actual cow milks. And there are dairies shutting down across this country. And Bobby, right. I happen to believe that in our lifetime, we will see the end of the dairy industry. I believe that with every fiber of my being. And so to have a front row seat and to watch it, that's exciting. That's beautifully well said. You're absolutely right. Uh, I know that I've heard the same thing about the dairy industry and about milk and cheese and all those. You realize that one third of all the uh, uh, all these things that people are eating, and cheese and 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 milk and 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 they're causing lots of sicknesses. Uh, you, people are getting mucus. They're getting um, lots of things going on with their, their system that's not good. Anyway. Um, yeah. Let's. Um, I, I do. I don't want to finish with you yet, but uh, let's give your in, uh, contact information, and, and it would be great if you could give a phone number out because I want to encourage people to call you. People that might want to do some animal rights work in their area, people that might want to join your movement for the General Barn to put one in every state in the country, and it starts with this show telling this. And, and again, I will meet with you soon, and with. And let's get some ideas together on how we can make this movement grow. Because one person can't do it alone. You need two or three or four great people putting to get their minds together and then taking action. But uh, your contact information first, 
and read it slowly so our listeners can get it real well. And then don't go away. I still want to ask you one or two more things. Go ahead. Sure. Thanks, Bobby. Um, people can find out more about The Gentle Barn at gentlebarn.org. That's www.gentlebarn.org. And um, our corporate phone number is 661-252-2440. And we welcome your emails and your phone calls and check out the gentle barn we're also on social media and you can follow the stories of the animals and different rescues we do and the different locations and how we're growing great and i've been around i've I've been to other gentle bar other um, animal sanctuaries i've been around to other vegans i've been around to other people that are doing some of the work that you're doing but ellie you stand out your your the dedication the love and and the action that you take are just incredible, and I commend you for that. Okay, as we wrap up, just give us one or two minutes of uh, last-minute thoughts and encouragement for our listeners on whatever they can do, anything you want to say for a minute or two. Go right ahead. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bobby. Um, I guess I want to finish by just saying that there are so many things that we can do right where we are. A lot of people say to me, God, you know, I wish I could open an animal sanctuary or I wish I could do what you're doing. And, I mean, yeah, I love what I do, and I'm very, very blessed to be doing it. But the truth is that in order to make a difference, we don't all have to open sanctuaries. There's so many things. And I tell this to the kids, too, that come to visit us at the Gentle Barn. No matter how old we are, no matter where we live, no matter what we do for a living, no matter what our financial circumstances are, every single one of us can make a difference to the world around us. And this is what I tell the kids. I say, you know, what does it take to be a hero? Can we pick up trash even when it's not ours? Yeah. Can we walk around a flower instead of trampling on top of it? Yeah. If we see a little um, tree and it looks wilted, can we give it water? Absolutely. If there's an animal in our neighborhood that's homeless and hungry, can we leave out food and water? Of course. Can we call an agency to see if they can come and you know give them a home? Absolutely. And even like an even smaller example, I mean, when we're walking down the street and we see someone approaching us that might look sad or worn out or exhausted, can we look them in the eye and give them a smile? Absolutely. And that little teeny tiny act of looking someone else in the eye and smiling at them, sometimes that could save a life. You don't know what someone else is going through. Maybe that person doesn't want to be here anymore. Maybe that person feels alone and isolated. Maybe they've had a really big loss in their life. And just looking right. someone in the eye and smiling is something so small that has such a giant impact and something that most of us do not do, to be honest with you. In the big cities in Los Angeles and New York and these big towns, we get so busy inside our own heads and our own schedules that we forget to look at each other. And so if we want to build communities where we're connected and there's love flowing that's a very tiny little thing that costs nothing, takes no effort, and we can all do it. Just look up and look someone in the eye and smile, and peace and love can start right there. Great. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Ellie. You were wonderful as usual. I want to be in touch with you, and I encourage people to call you or check your website and, your, and your, to stay in touch with you and all the great work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. 
All right, let me finish up because uh, we've only got a couple minutes before the song comes on, and we're all, uh, if our engineer is listening, we are the world. We'd like to have uh, hear that as long as you can at the end of the show. This show is on once a month now, no longer once a week. I've done radio for oh, 14 years of once a week on health and other matters, and I'm only on once a month. This show will be on the entire month of October. Here's how you connect with it. Let's create a better world. Dot Podbean. P-O-D, Paul, Oscar, David, Bean, as the bean you eat, dot com. That's how you get a hold of that. Also, for the next few weeks on the show, on button number one, you'll hear this show online. On button number two, you'll hear this show from last week of stem cells. On number three, I believe, will be Luann Panessi about overall health. And we'll be on again next month with Vicki Gay. Uh, in the month of November, she'll be on uh, talking about predictions for the, the world, what's going on. She's got a great background, has been ranked number one by a number of different companies. So that's about it for our show today. Let me just make a few thank yous. And don't forget, engineer, to please put on, let's put on our song, um, We Are the World. All right, I want to say thank you to Jesse, the director of PRN, Progressive Radio Network, number one station in the world, uh, to uh, Alex, our engineer. I want to thank our staff that works with me. Greg, who, by the way, was a listener and, and called me about some health problems, and we, we helped him. And Greg is now the producer of the show here on my show. He's online. I haven't met him yet, but we're on, we talk quite a bit. Greg's a great, great guy. He had a lot of problems, and he's healed now. Uh, I want to thank uh, Lily, our associate producer. Other help, uh, Stuart, and also Lydia. Thank you all, and thank you for our guest today, Ellie Lacks. Keep listening to our show once a month, and thank you, the listeners, for being with us. Let's go out with our song, We Are the World. Thank you. There comes a time when we heed a certain when the world must come together as one There are people dying Oh, when it's time to lend a hand